Amen. Amen. Let's get to the word tonight. Um, because he could. <laughs> Have you ever heard someone say, because I can? They kind of say it in a with belligerent attitude or a rebellious spirit. Why did you do that? Because I can. It's like, whoa, okay. And um, it comes across with kind of negative connotations. But tonight I kind of want to redeem it a little bit and take it from the aspect of um, Jesus because he could. Because he always did something in the opposite spirit. He wasn't belligerent, belligerent or rebellious. He was compassionate, he was caring, and he was good. And um, so, and he was humble. You know, some people say, I did it because I could. And they're proud of it. You know, there's pride involved. But he did things because he could, and because he wanted to, because he was humble, because he was good. And that's what I want to bring out tonight. I don't want to bring out a whole lot of stuff, but I want to share a few scriptures um, about things that Jesus did because he could and no one else could. Okay? So if he wanted to boast, he could. <laughs> but he didn't. He didn't. He just stated the facts. He told the truth. He looked them in the eye and he just told them like it was. And if they didn't like it, they had to deal with it. Okay? So in Luke chapter 4, we kind of come up against a scenario like that. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus has just been water baptised by John. He's come up out of the water. He's been filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Father has spoken to, from heaven and saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. This is my boy. And I'm proud of him. <laughs> Basically what the Father said. And so then Jesus goes out into the wilderness and he's tempted for 40 days by the enemy. He stands strong, he stands on the word of God, and he says, you know, I'm not going to give in, basically. He didn't give in to the flesh, he didn't give in to temptation, he didn't give in to weakness. And then it says that he went and he preached in Galilee, and everyone thought it was fantastic. They said they glorified God. Then he went down to his hometown. You think everyone would be like, yay, Jesus, we know him. You know, he'd say, I know her, I know him. Well, he went down to his hometown and he preached in the synagogues and said all those in the synagogue when they heard these things heard what what did he do that upset them well he basically got up and he read out of isaiah that says basically i'm the messiah the spirit of the lord is upon me because he's anointed me and i'm the messiah they didn't like it and not only that he also said you know in the past there was many um prophets in Elijah's time, and Naaman, he was healed of leprosy. And there was a widow, and she wasn't even a Jew, and God provided for them. So he was basically saying, and you know what, God cares about Gentiles. Well, they were so upset. You see, when they heard these things, they were filled with wrath. They were so angry, and they rose up and thrust him out of the city. They thrust him out. They physically pushed him out of town basically out of the city next next foot next one yeah and they led him to the brow of the hill on which the city was built that they might throw him down over the cliff 
Then passing through the midst of them, he went his way. So as you read that, you go, oh, okay. They threw him out, and then they went to the edge of the cliff, and they were going to throw him over. Why were they going to put him down and throw him over the cliff? Because you would throw them over the... It's not a gigantic cliff. You push him over the edge, right? They would push him over the edge of the cliff so that the person is down there and vulnerable, and then they would stone them to death. That's what they were going to do. They are going to push him over the edge and stone him to death. But what did he do? I don't know how he did this, but he did because he could. It says passing through the midst of it, he just walked through the middle of them. He just walked through the middle of that angry mob and just went on his way. <laughs> he went on his way. They wanted their way, but he just went on his way. That is so cool. Why? Because he could. Because he could. I love that passage of scripture. He worked through an angry mob who wanted to kill him and he was totally unharmed. You know, people might want to harm you, but you know what? You can walk through the angry mob too because God will help you. He was helping Jesus. How do I know? It tells you in Acts chapter 10. Luke said this, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. God was with him. And we are witnesses of all the things that he did. In other words, we're not just telling you this. We saw it. We saw it. He did these things and he could do these things because it was the Holy Spirit who anointed him. You know, Jesus was fully man, fully God. But he said this, of myself, I can do nothing. He didn't say of myself, I can be nothing. He said of myself, I can do nothing. It was the Holy Spirit who empowered him to do these things. That's why he could do these things. And that's why we can do things as well by the power of the Holy Spirit. We can go about doing good. We can go about and healing can flow through us and lives can be changed because of the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why he could. In the next passage we go to, this is Jesus has just, by the power of the Holy Spirit, has fed 5,000 plus people, okay? And then it says, he sent the multitudes away. It's like, okay, I've had enough of people. Sometimes you've had enough of people, right? There's a lot of people. He sent the multitudes away and he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. He just wanted to get alone with God. Now, when evening had come, he was alone there. I love the way the word of God is so, it, yeah, obviously he was alone. <laughs> But it restates it. He was alone there. But the boat, all the disciples, he told them to go to the other side. The boat was in the middle of the sea. And they were being tossed by the waves. For the wind was contrary. So Jesus had told them to get in the boat, go to the other side, I'll meet you over there. But the wind had started blowing. Okay? And in John, it describes it this. 
It was already dark. So they're in the middle of a storm and Jesus hadn't come to them. It's like they're in the middle of this storm. The wind is blowing, it's dark. Then the sea arose because a great wind was blowing. So it's not just wind now, it's great wind. So when they'd rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near the boat. So they had rowed for three or four miles. Think about it. Jesus walked three or four miles on the sea. He didn't swim there and then just suddenly get up and start walking. They rode three or four miles and he walked three or four miles. And they were afraid. But he said to them, it's I. Don't be afraid. <laughs> then they willingly received him into the boat and immediately the boat was at the land where they were going. So this is another one of those mysterious things. It's, it, you read it and, the, and you, sometimes we just glance at these things, we read it too fast and we just go over it and go, oh yeah, okay. But it says that immediately when he got into the boat, and this, there's different you know, gospels that, that say, when he got into the boat, the wind stopped and everything was peaceful, okay? But in this passage, it says immediately the boat was at the land where they were going. So I don't know how many more miles they had to go, but the moment he got into the boat, suddenly, was where they wanted to go. And we're like that sometimes, you know, if you're in a traffic jam and you're late for work <laughs> and the freeway is blocked up, you wish that could happen. Why did it happen for him? Because he could. Because God was with him and it's one of those mysteries, okay? One of those awesome things that happens. <laughs> okay. Okay, there, well, there's so many pictures, so many strange pictures, but that kind of, they thought he was a ghost. Why? Probably because the anointing was all over him because he'd just been praying. He'd come out of the presence of God and there he was walking on the water. You don't do that every day. And suddenly, bam, he gets in the boat and it's at the other side. You know, Jesus could do that. He didn't do it on a regular basis, but he could do it, okay? That's the thing. We don't base doctrines around this. Okay, so now we've got another um, scenario here where Lazarus, his good friend, has died. Martha and Mary, the sisters, have sent news and said, quick, Jesus, come. Jesus hangs around for two more days and then he goes. And then he meets Martha. And Martha's basically saying, look, if you'd been here, this wouldn't have happened. If you'd been here. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. She's saying, my brother's dead. He's been dead four days. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Sounds crazy, doesn't it? Do you believe this? And of course she says, yes, I believe it. Next. And then so Jesus goes to the graveside, the tombs to the side, the tomb side. And he wept. Why did Jesus weep? He knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. Why did he weep? Because he 
was empath empathic with their suffering. You know, he was grieving with them. He grieves with us. He cares. It shows he cares. And then Jesus said, they, they, the, all the Jews said, oh, see how he loved him? But some of them said this, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? They're like, well, if he can heal the sick and help the blind to see, why couldn't he stop this man from dying? Well, he could have, but he wasn't supposed to. He wasn't supposed to heal Lazarus. He was supposed to raise him from the dead to prove, yeah, I am the resurrection and the life. And this is what he did before he did anything else. He prayed. Publicly, he said this, I know that you always hear me pray to the Father. But because of the people who are standing by, I've said this, that they may believe that you sent me. And he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out. Awesome. How could he do that? You know, he's risking his reputation publicly, praying aloud, and then speaking aloud in front of everyone. He could do it because he knew who he was. We need to know who we are too. We need to know who he is. Okay? So in the garden, what about in the garden? He could have given up. When he was praying, he could have given up, but he prayed three times. Even when the disciples went to sleep, he kept praying. And he said, not my will, but thy will. He could have said it's too hard, but he didn't. He said, your will, Father. And then, interestingly, in Luke chapter 22, the last miracle, the last miracle that was recorded was when they were actually in the garden and Jesus was being betrayed, okay? When those around him saw what was going to happen, they said to him, his disciples, said, Lord, should we strike with a sword? So they've come to arrest him. And they said, should we protect you? <laughs> Jesus could protect himself. He could have called like legions of angels at the time. He could have done anything. And they're saying, Lord, should we protect you? <laughs> Shall we strike with a sword? That was Peter, of course. Next. And one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. That must have been a real gusher of blood. But Jesus answered and said, Permit even this. In other words, hang on, just wait a minute. And he touched the ear. The ear probably fell to the ground. He said, Cut off. It cut off his right ear. He touched his ear and healed him. What did he do? Reached down on the ground, said, hang on, just wait a minute. Picked up the ear, put it back on, <laughs> healed. How did that happen? How could he do that? You know, I cut my finger the other night. There was blood everywhere. It was a tiny little thing. You know? And Jesus has healed it, thank God. <laughs> but, you know, he could do that. He could do it. What else did he do? He didn't just heal the man's ear. He could have been so angry. He could have wanted vengeance. 
He could have saved himself, but he didn't. He just kept going, following the will of the Father, even though it was involving suffering, rejection, all kinds of challenges. When he was on the cross, you know, they were mocking him. He could have got down. They said, get down. Get down. If you're really the Son of God, get down. Save yourself. He could have, but he didn't. He hung there for us. He hung there for us to cleanse us, to wash us, to redeem us back to the Father. How awesome is that? He forgave his mockers. He forgave the thief that said, you know, you're the only righteous one here. He said, today you're going to be in paradise with me. You've just been born again on the cross, buddy. Wow. How awesome is that? He could forgive him. He could say you're going to be in paradise with me. Because he was God in the flesh. How awesome is that? He's the only one that could do it. In Acts chapter 1, after his mission is accomplished, it says while the disciples, while they all watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And the angel said to the disciples, this same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. You've seen him go up because he could. Mission accomplished. Salvation mission accomplished. And he's going to come back. Rescue mission. The rapture. He's coming back again. Then he's going to come back and establish his millennial kingdom. How awesome is that? Why could he? Because only he could. He was the only sacrifice for sin. Once for all. One for all. Only Jesus could do it. Because only he was perfect. The perfect for the imperfect. The sinless for the sinners. Only he could do it. And the last one I want to share is this. I love this. I love this. And he could say this because he fulfilled all the other prophecies. Everything else he said was true and came to pass. So why not this? He said to the disciples, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. I'm not just leaving you guys. I'm going on another mission. I'm going to prepare a place for you. Why? He says, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. The world rejects us. He receives us. That where I am, there you may be also. Why would Jesus want to be with you and me? <laughs> Why? Because he can. <laughs> I think that is so, so awesome. We live in a world filled with rejection. And yet he says, I will receive you. I will receive you. That is so awesome to me. Lord, we just thank you that you came to save us because we could not save ourselves. 
only you could. And Lord, there's things in our lives, even now, that we cannot change, but you could, and you can, if we will let you. Father, we just surrender anything that is holding us back from the fullness of what you have for us. We thank you that there is a place for us, there is a future for us, that you do want to be with us. How amazing is that? How amazing is that? We thank you, Lord, that you did all these things, not just because you could, but because you wanted to, because you chose. You chose because of your great love for us. Your great, great love for us. Well, let each and every one know that they are greatly loved, deeply loved precious to you. You paid the ultimate price because God so loved us. Lord, we are so, so grateful to you. We bless you and thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Anyone wants prayer? I want to pray with you. Otherwise, Bye, everyone. See you on Zoom Thursday night for prayer. God bless and have an awesome birthday. <laughs> okay. Say hi to somebody. Have an awesome week.